This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe are going to tackle all things legal. What's going on with the January 6th commission hearings? Is an elephant legally a person? What? And how good is Top Gun Maverick? And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, they're managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. We get into the legalese, the topics each and every week. If you've got a situation that you are currently dealing with and you just have questions, you've run up against the wall, you just don't know what to do, I've got a phone number for you, 800 659 that's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and we'll answer those questions on a future program. And please check out the website, the outlawlawyer.com. So this week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe are going to tackle all things legal. What's going on with the January 6th commission hearings? Is an elephant legally a person? What? And how good is Top Gun Maverick? All right, folks, there you have it. Josh, Joe, let's get into it. Let's start with, let's go with movies. Man, movies is always a great place to start. Guys, have you have you seen Top Gun Maverick? Have you seen it yet? I have not. And can I just say this right now? And I'm sure Joe's right on the heels with this. Don't if you haven't if you ha I haven't seen it. So no spoilers. I've heard that it's at least from the people I've been talking to that it's really good, uh, better than the original that came out. And I shouldn't say original. The first movie that came out. Are you ready? Thirty six years ago. <laughs> Joe. Uh I'm not going to ask you how old were you when Top Gun <laughs> came out, but I will ask you how old were you when you saw the original Top Gun? Oh, uh, man. So haven't seen the new Top Gun. Uh, I, I don't know. Man. I don't have, you know, my memories of Top Gun are all like through like popular culture references. Like, I don't know that I was ever really enamored with the movie top gun at any point in my life so i may have seen it but i don't have strong memories of it so like it wasn't something that really stuck with me or that like defined me or that had any impact on me whatsoever i'm gonna i'm gonna take a quick sidebar i don't want to get too distracted with this but uh you know uh my my fifth grade sixth grade that was original nintendo for me right that was original nintendo tried to play every game i could possibly play top gun had an official nintendo game um, real quick, Joe, do you, uh, this is a sidebar to a sidebar. Do you know there was like a, I don't know who voted some video game. No, wait a minute. Tribunal. Now, if we're doing a sidebar on the show, I, I want to paint the picture. You guys huddled up next to uh, where the judge would be. I mean, is that the sidebar? Is that what's going on? <laughs> right. no, the, no, no, no. It, this is a sidebar to the sidebar. We're oh. just going to keep side. It's like inception. <laughs> we just keep sidebarring. So you, you guys have to remind me so we can get back to what we were talking about. But my sidebar to the sidebar is there was some, I don't remember. There's some vote. Worst video game of all time. Worst video game of all time. Wow. Do you do you remember? Did you hear this? It was like last year or two years ago. But do, do you have an idea of what the worst? It's not Top Gun, by the way. But do you have the, the idea of what the worst video game of all time was? I, I know. I know what the worst video game of all time was. So, okay. Well, I'm, but again, this, I'm, waited, I'm waiting too, with bated breath. At the same breath. time. Like, that's a subjective thing. Mm. No, know, this is so it bad, be, it's not subjective. You think this so? This is so well, bad I mean, that everyone... Someone could love this game. What is it? Big Rigs. 
No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, the yeah. worst the worst it's video a game, game you, man. You you Google worst video game of all time, any vote that's ever been taken in the history of video games. It was E.T. on the Atari. Atari. Yeah, but see, I, I don't know, man. I thought I, I was a kid that had an Atari that you like <laughs> that got handed down. And I thought that game was pretty cool, man. Like, I mean, it, it did. There's nothing. Yeah, cool, man. It was terrible. But like, what what was the what was the objective in the game? I, thought, I, look, I, not, I don't, I don't know I the like game. I haven't seen the game. Haven't played the game. Look, I'm going to tell you what it was. You, you, you were E.T., your ship had crashed. That's how the game started. Of course, you're E.T. Like, your, your ship had crashed. You're E.T. You go to the right, you fall in a pit. You go to the left, you fall in a pit. You go forward, you fall in a pit. And to get out of the pit, you needed Reese's Pieces. You had to collect Reese's Pieces, and that gave you the energy to use your neck. It was real weird. Your neck would go up and down, and you could float out of this pit, but you could never get out of the pits. Sounds like the pits. It wasn't a great, I mean, I'm not saying it was a fantastic game. Like, I mean, what on the Atari was a fantastic game? But, like, I don't know. I felt like I was playing a relic of the past. And I just felt, yeah, well, at the time, you know, I don't know. Was, Maybe it's just a nostalgia yeah, thing. The game yeah, sucked, yeah. obviously. I'm not sitting here and praising okay. the game design. I'm just saying, yeah, it, it, it could be the worst game ever. You, that could, It could potentially be the worst game ever. I will give you that. If anybody out there gets bored, Google that because I think it might have been Deadspin when Deadspin was a thing. But there was somebody who who took the time to write this huge article on how it got rushed into production. It had to debut with the movie. They were way behind. You can't finish the game. It had $61 all these problems. Is what a uh, is what the Atari ET video game goes for these days. That's how uh, much. That's what sixty one bucks, man. Uh, that's a that's a tank of gas. But apparently they dumped them all, right? They they couldn't sell yeah, they them. They dumped them in a, like a landfill, right? It was like a yeah, hole. Yeah, people go dig it up. Them. People figured out where yeah. it was, and they dig it up, and they clean them up, and they sell them. September of 83 is when they uh, semi-trailer truckloads of Atari boxes crushed and buried at a landfill in El Paso, Texas. That sounds like a cool thing, man. It's a good story. We should do well, it's a, not really a expedition it's a to find these. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna draw back from the sidebar sidebar, and obviously Top Gun had a video game, and that got you into the worst video right. game of all time. And now we're back to the movie, Top- and, and you've seen it. Yeah, I played it. I owned it. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the movie, Top Gun. No, Maverick. we're not back to the movie yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're still, uh, we're on our, look, we came out of sidebar, sidebar. We're still in sidebar. <laughs> okay. We're sorry. working Top- our way back out of the, the just try, Just here. trying to learn it. I, I just, I'm trying to hang in there. Top Gun for Nintendo, I'm going to go on record. I haven't seen this anywhere. Second worst video game ever made. It was, it was really bad. It, but it's got that iconic, you know, you see that, you see that case, you know, you see the case for it and like it. It resonates with you, man. Like that's one you would always see, and uh, but yeah, it was I, also I, terrible. I got it at like a yard sale, and I would try to play it like once every like week. Like this is maybe I'm just because back then you didn't know, man. You couldn't Google anything. There was no YouTube yeah. instruction. Like you just assumed you were. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong, right? Like maybe it's just all me, and 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 it took you a while. You had to talk with your friends at school. No, Somebody else had it, had the same days. problem. You had the Nintendo Power magazines. That's how you would learn about these games. Like you had no internet. So that's what you would end up doing is you'd, you'd read a magazine about it basically. All right. Now back, back to Top Gun Maverick. I have seen it and it is, it is good. It is very good. I won't say it's better than original Top Gun. Original Top Gun I saw as a kid and, uh, I, cause I was a kid when it came out and, and it so, was good. So are you saying it's not better than like objectively it's not better? Or are you saying it's not better to you? Like in your like, if you're you're thinking back as when you were a kid, how you took it when you were a kid. Like, have you rewatched it? 
It's not better. It's not better than the original. I have not rewatched it. I have not rewatched it ever. Okay. I don't think I think Maybe I saw the movie theater. You make that claim, you know? No, no, no. And I can't give spoilers, but I could tell you specifically why I, I can't. I could maybe no, later. Don't I'll do tell it. Tell you. Don't do it. No spoilers. I'm not. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to the people, to the good people who might be listening. Do they but, fly airplanes? <laughs> they do. That's a spoiler. There are airplanes involved. The, um, but it was good, and it's everybody should go see it. It's well worth seeing. One day I'll sit around with you guys. I don't, I don't know when the appropriate time is to spoil something, right? Like I, I saw I stand up comedian three weeks, and then <laughs> and then the gloves come off. I remember there's a stand-up comedian, I can't remember who it is, but he's got a whole bit about uh what's that Bruce Willis? What's that Bruce Willis movie? Die uh Hard? with the No, 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 the one that has the thing at the end, the, you know, the The Sixth Sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he had this whole series of jokes that were based on the Sixth Sense, and he was doing them in like 2019. And and that was the whole bit. He's like, Look, I got some spoilers in here for the Sixth Sense, but it's a 20-year-old movie. I think it was Mulaney. He's like, it's a 20-year-old movie, so I think we're past the spoiler time, you know. We should be. I I don't think twenty years is the appropriate time. I think, I think like a month, really. Like a month is is sufficient time to do that. You know, I, look, I know there's a lot of important things going on and things that we should be talking about on the show about law and legal stuff and cases and and. But I think we need to come together as a nation and figure out two things. We need to put all this bickering aside, all these partisan politics. And we need to get together and we need to figure out one. When can you freely talk about a movie and not be spoiling it for people? I think, like I think six. I think six months. I think six months after wow, the release. Six months is a lot of time. All right, six a month. Is, How about a month? Well, no, I mean, I see the the. I don't know, man. You, you're you're taking into account those people who aren't getting out to the theater. You're waiting for the home release or the streaming release these days. So I think six months is is generous. But like, if you want to err on the side of caution, you know, that's that's probably. Let's say three. Let's split the difference. Let's say three months. Okay. Yeah, because at some point you're not even going to want to talk about it. When's it going to come up? Yeah, that's I? true. That's very true. I know because uh, movie number three is going to be 36 years from now. So yeah, well, yeah, this re- this reminded me. Like I thought, Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? I enjoyed that movie. I thought they did just enough nostalgia that you had some new characters, right? Everything kind of I like it. And I'm not going to give you any spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife, but it was a good I think movie. We're close just- to the, I think we're close to the cutoff where you could, though, man, <laughs> by uh, our own established timeline. But I want more of these movies, right? I want more of these movies like uh, like they're coming out with a new – it's not a movie, but I'm so excited. They're coming out with a new Night Court. Uh, I'm very excited. That was my favorite show growing are, up. Man. That was made for you. Like they yeah. – the, 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 the big wig executives <laughs> – <laughs> they got the whiteboard and like who we got who are we who are we making this show for? And it's just a picture of your face on the yeah. <laughs> We're not getting Josh Whitaker <laughs> viewing enough stuff. We've got to dial him in. How can we do it? I was like, maybe if you put Night Court and Cheers together in like a new oh. hybrid show, that would really that would really dial me they in. They need to hire you, man. You missed your calling. The uh anywho, uh one thing I didn't pay a lot of attention to, which is something that I think people would maybe expect us to talk about, but I haven't paid a lot of attention is the, the prime time January uh, 6th commission. I haven't really, I don't know, Joe, have you been, you've been following that? No, you know, uh, you know me, Josh, and you know that I, uh, I don't say, I don't want to say I don't keep up with, with those things, but like, that's not my top priority necessarily. So like I've picked up on bits and pieces of it, but uh, I have not followed it very, very closely. I, um, I couldn't do it, man. I, I don't know why it had to be prime time. Like if it was on during the day, I'd probably turn it on, you know, while I was in the office or, or doing something else. The 
the prime time aspect of it had me confused. I, I don't, I'm not really used to something like that being in, in prime time, you know, and I got the, the boys there. We went holy moly. And that's what we watched. We watched holy moly. You're really but, about that holy moly, man. Look, man, holy moly has, has figured it out. You know, we talked about this. They added the Muppet. I, I'm a big fan. Always have been. Like, I love uh, Jim Henson and I love the Muppets. And uh, I grew up, that was like my favorite show when I was a kid. And uh, you took something that was already great right holy moly was already great we can all agree to the greatness of the the show holy moly and you add in the muppets and for me that's like man that's like the cheers night court thing i was like you're just putting all this good stuff together that's but anyway i thought this was interesting a lot of people did pay attention to the january 6th primetime uh uh, commission hearings they say 20 million people that was the rating 20 million people uh tuned in which sounds like a lot right 20 million it does. It sounds like a lot to me. So I was like, well, you know, I know a lot of people watch the Super Bowl, and that's one of the most popular things on TV. So I was like, all right, this year, how many people watch the Super Bowl? And the the number Google gave me was 112 million, right? So a lot more people watch the Super Bowl, but that makes sense, right? And so then I got to thinking about TV shows like the last episode of MASH or whatever and all these things that used to be like in the top five. Last episode of Cheers was 93 million, hmm. and... uh Last week's Holy Moly, 2.6, which I found a little disappointing, you know, 2.6 million. <laughs> but what I really wanted to compare it to, so 20 million watched the January 6th Commission primetime hearings. Uh, I can't remember what what was the WrestleMania where they had uh, Trump on it. What? what? WrestleMania was? Trump was WrestleMania? on WrestleMania? 1.2 million. Yeah, he was. He was. He like, that's good stuff if you go back and watch it too, uh, man. Like you can't what, say what you want about the man's politics, but... <laughs> Very entertaining to watch the man wrestle. And is he still in the Hall of... Did they remove him from the WWE Hall of Fame, or is he still in there? Because he was in the celebrity wing, I believe. I don't know that they... Why, I don't know that they removed him. Like, why... You know, I don't I don't see WWE removing him. Well, the... the that WrestleMania got... is a little different, right? Because it wasn't in prime time. You had to pay. You had to pay for it. Pay-per-view. So it was 1.2 million pay-per-view buys and 82,000 people were in attendance. So we got 2 million on the WrestleMania. I don't remember when it was either, but it was like what? 2010s. It was, it wasn't that long. 20, he was inducted 2013 into the WWE hall of fame where he remains. I don't know that they really remove you from the, the WWE hall of fame, Josh. I think you're they in, remove, once you're in, you're in. Didn't they remove Hulk Hogan? I thought, I thought Hulk Hogan got removed. Maybe not. You're making you're making me do research here, man. <laughs> the, no, uh, they reinstated him though. He had a he was suspended, three year suspension from the Hall of Fame, and they brought him back. Uh, okay, let let everything die down. I guess that's an, that's interesting. Interesting, but uh, but anyway, it just it, I, I'm gonna get back to it, right? I, I you know everything I've understood is that you know they're the commission's not gonna bring uh, no matter what the commission finds, it's not gonna. It's not uh, it's not going to charge Trump criminally, right? Again, however you feel about Trump, we're not here to say he's great or he's the worst person to ever live. But however you feel about it, this commission may charge some other people criminally. They, it sounds like they don't intend to charge Trump. But I guess the Department of Justice has said they are watching uh, the hearings and they may or may not do something. I, I don't know. But, yeah, man, I haven't, I haven't been able to get into it. And then usually I would or I'd at least read a good summary or, you know, but uh, – the primetime turned me actually turned me off. I would have paid more attention had it not been put in a primetime. Which had it not kinda... been conflicting with Holy Moly, I think you'd have, <laughs> yeah, you'd have been right yeah. there with it. 
Well, Joe, we have real legal things to talk about and uh, got two of them. I, you know, we had um, we had Justice Kavanaugh. We had someone get charged with attempted murder uh, who, who may have been uh, was found with weapons and, and what have you. And, and the resulting there's been some legislation about protecting judges. And I wanted to talk about that for a minute. So that's coming up. And in this one, I kind of like bizarre legal cases. And so the one that made the news here recently that kind of piqued my interest was uh, the plight of Happy the Elephant. And uh, it was litigated whether or not he he should have uh, civil rights, the same rights as a person. And, and, and this one struck me odd for a couple of ways. And then we got some listener questions. So we got a pretty, pretty full docket today. All right. Well, a stack show on the outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts. They are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. And again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you have your own legal situation you're facing and you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you. 800-659-1186. That's 800 800- Six five nine one one eight six. Leave your contact info and briefly what that calls about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email your questions to the program. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm are your hosts. They are the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. want to remind you, too, that Whitaker and Hamer uh, conveniently located offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you have a legal situation you're facing and you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you and you can get some answers. Here it is, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And just leave your contact info. And briefly what that call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. Again, you can always email your questions to the program and we'll use them on a future show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Again, that's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Well, the show has gone to the elephants. Gentlemen, take it away. Joseph, I feel bad about this last segment. You, We were talking about video games, and you you offered your suggestion of what the worst video game of all time was. And honestly, I don't even know what that game is, and I glossed over you. I think this is ageism and went straight to E.T. What was Big Rigs, just so I know? Uh, it's a it's a 2003 racing game um, where you, you you control a like a semi trailer truck and you kind of race a truck through checkpoints. Um, it was real bad, man. It was really bad. That's all I've got for you. you you're never gonna know about it because it's you know I walked <laughs> I walked through what was that PlayStation? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, so. 2003 let's see what did it actually come out for probably it was windows came out for pc but uh you know metacritic you've got metacritic who like compiles reviews that do like an aggregate review score Uh and it got the lowest of all time which was an eight out of 100 hey you, you got that you got that list in front of you what's that the list of the lowest games of all time yeah i'd like to know like the bottom five Mm, let's see let's see you get, you I, I walked through my I walked my boys were playing video games and I always thought when I grew up I'd be that cool dad that played a lot of video games with my my kids I never play any video games with my kids they were playing deer simulator right and they had ah, a deer a Do you ever play that no I not really it's not my it's not my game man it's not my type of game like they were <laughs> they, being a deer 
Yeah, they used to, there was a goat simulator, right? So they used to play goat simulator, but I now, and now I guess, and I don't know what it's called. That's what I I'm am familiar it. with goat simulator, but again, it well, never really a, never did it for me. From the makers of goat simulator came deer simulator. And so they were down there with a deer who had guns for antlers, like fighting a guy. I was like, this wow. is the worst thing. Okay. You're, you know, you, you did not have me at deer simulator, but then when you described what it was, <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest with you, you kind of. <laughs> you're, you're, it's it's kind of speaking to me now man <laughs> well, anyway, yeah this list of... is not a good list you're not going to know any of these games man so i think we go on to elephants all right all right all right legal stuff legal stuff all right so there was a case new york uh new york state court of appeals uh it's been widely reported on every media outlet seized on this story um but there's a happy there's got there's an elephant named happy uh but apparently he's not not a super happy elephant he's uh he's in a zoo um, and so we have a nonprofit group, uh, who decided to sue, uh, they filed a writ. I think we talked about this one time. They filed a writ of habeas corpus. Uh, it's not something that attorneys deal with every day, but a writ of habeas corpus, uh, I guess a criminal attorney might deal with it some, but it's, uh, you know, illegal, I don't know, Joe, I would say illegal confinement, right? If you've, you know, there's, there's all types of things that it could cover, but anyway, a writ of habeas corpus is, is what you use. When you have got a defendant, someone who's charged, who's being illegally or improperly uh, confined. Um, and so it's to get them out of jail, right? It's to get them out of this confinement. And so this this nonprofit organization uh, that is concerned with animals uh, treatment fought a writ of habeas corpus uh, that was denied um, on the lower levels. And they went to the Court of Appeals and the Court of Appeals uh, the, I think the amazing thing is that this made it to the Court of Appeals and that the Court of Appeals spent a lot of time uh, ar- letting the, the parties argue. And then uh, we got a 5-2 decision from the Court of Appeals that said the uh, the animals were not human, right? They, they're not entitled to civil rights, human rights. They can be confined. You can't be cruel to an animal. I mean, all that's still the same. But these folks, their argument was that that animals, or at least certain animals, should have the same rights as a human, which I think is crazy. Yeah, to me, that's just crazy. I can't believe it went to the Court of Appeals, and it was a 5-2 decision, Joe. So that means two Court of Appeals judges, justices, wrote opinions saying that, in fact, humans should be treated, I mean, animals should be treated as humans. And this is just, I, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe other people read this and it doesn't sound crazy. I mean, but to me, it sounded crazy. No, Josh, it does sound crazy. And when you, and when you boil it down <clears throat> like that and you're like, when you literally just boil it down and you're like these, you know, the, they rule that animals are in fact not humans. Like, I think that <laughs> d- illustrates the absurdity of it. And like, I don't want this to be misconstrued and think, and anyone to think that I, I am not... <laughs> someone who believes in animals being treated properly. I love animals, man. I love elephants. I think they're fantastic animals. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but like there's a line that we draw uh, b- between a-, a human being and-, and an animal. And we use, you know, we really love to throw out the slippery slope term. And I think you see, this is, this is one of the greatest illustrations of a very, very slippery slope. It's like a slope that you put, uh, a tarp and dawn detergent on and you can just really slide down because you start you start classifying animals you know and you give them the same rights as humans and 
what do you do, man? Like, where do you, where do you draw the line there? Like, I want to eat some of these animals, Josh. It's very important to me to, to have <laughs> some of these animals and to eat them. And I can't eat you, Josh. I can't eat another person. So that would be a real problem for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> where does that leave us? The, the crazy thing to me is anybody can file a lawsuit, right? That's, and that's what I tell people. We'll have people that come in for a consult and they're like, well, yeah, this is my concern. Yeah, I don't want this, you know, I, I don't want this to get anyway. Anybody can sue anybody for any reason, right? It, and it doesn't have to be legitimate. Like, you know, you might be, if I went and filed a lawsuit against you, Joe, and there was no basis in it, like I might end up being responsible for your attorney's fees. There might be some sanctions or penalties for uh, any attorney that might have tried to help me with that. But but I can do it and it can just get thrown out of court. They can be like, you're crazy, right? You have no standing here. Get out of here. Don't come back, right? You know, but you can still do it. Right. So people can still, people still have to defend these things. And so sure. They, they like, how crazy is it that they filed a writ of habeas corpus and filed it for happy, the elephant. And then some lower level judge did the right thing. Or at least in my opinion, I was like, well, this is stupid, you know, get it out of here. This is and then they appealed it to the court of appeals and the court of appeals not only heard the case. And again, I don't know the state of New York. I don't, I'll be there next week, but I don't, I don't know how they, uh, I don't know if they get to pick, all right, or do the court of appeals have to hear anything that was appealed? Like, I don't know the process for the state courts of, of New York. Again, a good reminder, me and Joe are only licensed to practice in North Carolina. Um, but they heard that there were oral arguments. Uh, there were pleadings filed. And, and a judge and, and, and seven justices, you know, voted. And two of them <laughs> were, were on board. And 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 not, and, and not on only board, were they on the, board, the right? So five they wrote sharply worded dissents, and they didn't agree. They both agreed that the elephant should have some rights, but they didn't agree exactly how it would happen. So they wrote their own dissents. So there were two. Usually, a lot of times there's one dissenting opinion, and everybody will join in. Sometimes there'll be two if one judge has another legal theory he wants to express. But here we had two justices who think yes, happy the elephant should have human rights, but and they got there differently, right? They were different. They wanted to say different things about it, which is that's just it's like one level of crazy after another level of crazy. One of the quotes from, I guess, Judge Jenny Rivera is one of the dissenting justices who thought happy, happy's right should be protected. And so her quote was from her opinion was happy's captivity is inherently unjust and inhumane. It is an affront to a civilized society. And every day she remains a captive, a spectacle for humans. We too are diminished. And I was like, what, what else? What's the, <laughs> I didn't get it, man. I just couldn't follow it. You, I was like, what's have these moments, you know, you can have these moments in life where you're, you're, you're doing a thing, you know, you're in your profession or your career and you're doing a thing. And, and, and like you have that moment where like the light bulb goes off and you're just like, what am I doing right now? Like, what am I doing in my life? What is, what is this? And I think for me as an attorney, that moment would be when I am drafting a, a sharply worded written dissent uh, about whether or not an elephant should should have the rights of a human. I think that would be that moment for me. I, I, it, it, it was, it was. <laughs> when this when this kind of thing succeeds, it's it's just shocking to me. And look, man, we got we got little dogs, right? I need to. We got little dogs that are useless, right? They don't serve any. They, they don't do anything, right? They're not, they're not protecting us at the house, right? They're not, they're just living this life of obscene luxury uh, for a dog, I would, I would argue. But uh, so I, I, we're not, 
we're not at home torturing animals, you know, we're not supporting dog fighting. But, no, I love yeah, animals. Like Please don't get me wrong. Don't mistreat but, elephants. Treat them very well. But my love of animals is is it does not extend to they should have the same rights as as humans. But um, I don't know, Joe. I th- I thought that was a just a crazy, 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 crazy story. Uh, crazy, crazy case, and and not important in the grand scheme of things. Besides, there there are people in the judiciary uh, who side, <laughs> who side. That's that's the whole story to me. There's there's two people out there who are judges that think elephants Our should colleagues. have the same rights as me and you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Our, it, it's one of man. I was just going to say it's one of those cases that kind of gives you whiplash. You see it and you're like, what? Really? And you, you, it's kind of hard to look away from it. You got to talk about it. Yeah. You, I got you this. talk about get, little dogs, Josh, like you little dogs. And I don't know. This is a tangent. You know, we, we this is a sidebar. This is our third. But like you think about like a little dog and how you say they serve no purpose. But like think about that little dog came from like a giant wild wolf, right? Like that's yeah. the descent. Like they were, how do we not have tiny domesticated elephants? Cause I'd really, I could get down with like a, 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 a mini elephant pet, to be honest with you. I saw a, uh, I saw a news story where this somewhat somewhere they got pygmy hippopotami, hippopotamuses. They got one, a pygmy hippopotamus. Hippopotamus? Um, yeah. People were like Hippotamus? losing their minds. Yeah, the hippopotamus are like the, the the danger, most dangerous creature in the world, right? Well, not the isn't pygmies. that a thing? Yeah, they're, the I don't ones. know. They're, they're they're pretty dangerous. The big ones are. I would imagine you know, mini me would be pretty dangerous too. I don't know. There's one quote I want to share before we leave this story, but uh, in one of the I don't remember where I took this from, but uh, anyway, the nonprofit's what? founder is a guy named Stephen Wise, and his quote was: He said he was pleased to that they managed to persuade some of the judges, uh, you know, to, to, to go with them on their side here. And he noted that the group has similar cases underway in California and other states and has more planned in other states and, and other countries. So this is a nonprofit who, who exists solely. This is their goal. We want somewhere, some jurisdiction, some state, some country to say animals should be treated with the same rights as humans. And that's, that's their, that's their sole goal. So this is someone you know, when you talk about yeah. judicial, when you talk about, you know, uh, active activism through litigation, I'm using the wrong term. I can't, I can't bring the term to mind, but that's, that's what this is. This is a nonprofit. This is their goal and they're going to keep going until they, they can do it. But, but interesting. The outlaw lawyers tackling, uh, elephants in this portion of the program. We're going to come back and talk about more legalese. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer law firm. They're the managing partners there and they're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina offices conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you have a legal situation and you've got some questions, I've got a phone number for you. 800-659-1186. That's 800. 800- 600-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what that call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch with you. And also, you can email your questions to the show, and we'll answer them on a future edition, and that's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And check out the website. It's a good one, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. The 
Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia, and they are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week we get into legalese and other types of discussions. Always a lot of fun. Uh, we do understand that, look, there are, there, there are legal situations going on with a lot of our listeners, and if you have a question about what you're currently going through and you need an answer, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what that calls about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch to help answer some of those questions. You can also send your question to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, we're going to go to the Kavanaugh case. Well, before we do that, Morgan, uh, I got two things I want to. I got two things I want to talk about before we get there. One, Joseph, I know you're doing some uh, internet research during our last segment. Can you give me the top three movies of all time that featured an elephant? Well, again, these are subjective things, and so if you look at the rankings, if you look at like the the rankings. Uh, online, you get the top three they give you is Dumbo as number one. Oh, that's a good. I think that's a good animated one. Dumbo. Then they've got Babar the movie as number mm. two. And Babar, got, it's Babar. Yeah, excuse me, mm. I'm not a big fan of Babar. I wasn't either. And then yeah. you got Tarzan as number three, which I don't even is that really even a truly a, an elephant movie? You I mean, know, is I the elephant say, the feature so. role there? I don't think so. I don't even yeah. remember. My, my list is not like that. My list doesn't go like that. I think my list goes number one for me personally is uh, you ever seen that? You probably haven't, Josh, because you don't watch movies. The Protector. It was called Tom Young Goong. It was like a Thai, Taiwanese movie. It's like an action no. film. No, Fantastic. You should check it out. It's got features a an elephant. Jai. It features that he protects an elephant. And uh, if you're into action movies, you'd really like it. Um, and then I'm going to go Dumbo number two. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And then I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Horton Here's a Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got a Babar. Those were like we're the books like. Babar. But it's Babar. Babar. Those are the books that were like in the doctor's office that you only read if like every other book was gone. You know. <laughs> yeah, and every time you read them, you're like sick with the flu because you're in the doctor's office. So you end up hating Babar for life. Yeah, you like just that. associate him with feeling like crap. Well, I felt like you mentioned that during the break, and I felt like that was important enough where we needed to we needed to get back to that. But Obviously. the second thing I wanted to remind everybody is that a lot of times me and Joseph, we like to we like to sidebar, right? We like to sidebar. That's a nice way of saying it. And but we are still real attorneys, right? We have I feel like we have to convince Very everybody. Real. Yeah, and I think I feel like after we talk for like 30 minutes, we have to we have to circle back around and remind everybody. That me and 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 Joseph, we're Whitaker and Hamer, and uh, just like Morgan tells you when we come in, we're real attorneys. We're licensed to practice in North Carolina. I hear from some of our listeners, so some of our listeners do, in fact, <laughs> call us and uh, and and get legal advice, right? Schedule, get a consult, you know, and we've helped a lot of listeners. And we, and that's one of the reasons we do this show, right? We we want to hear from our listeners, um, but. I feel like when we're 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 kind of being super silly, sometimes we have to come back in and remind people that uh, we do like to have fun on the show here. But we are real attorneys, competent. I would argue competent real attorneys who very can comp- who can very competent. Very, right? Have you, you can seen help, the research uh, we do on the fly about elephant <laughs> movies? Like, come on. But uh, but anyway, a very serious thing to talk about next. You know, we talked about we had a whole show 
uh, where we had Cassandra and, and Taylor on with us. And we talked about the leak, uh, the the big the, the Supreme Court uh, abortion uh, uh, d- leak, right? And um, and that was a very serious thing. You know, we talked about it, and it, it was very serious for a lot of reasons because it never happened. It's kind of more evidence of how our society's not respecting, you know, traditional norms, right? That was something that would never happen in you know generations past. You know, the Supreme Court's kind of a respected institution. And they operate in a certain way. And, and so we've been seeing the fallout from that leak. There's a lot of it. One, there's a whole story we could talk about, about how they're going to figure out who leaked it, you know, who's in charge of that. I don't think that's really going real well. Uh, we haven't really heard. There's no leads, right, uh, on who may have leaked that. I don't know that we'll ever figure that out. So that's a part of the story. But the other part, you know, is is it, it's very easy. I haven't done it, right? But apparently it's very easy to figure out where, you know, public officials live, right? And so right after it got leaked, you know, the justices all had folks like protesting on their in their neighborhoods, like on their yards, you know, they were getting death threats, you know, things like that are, are happening. And that's never good, right? That isn't, that, that isn't a, a good thing. Uh, to happen that's our public officials should be able our elected officials should be able to do their jobs as they were elected and certainly everybody has the right to protest and disagree but i don't know if camping out on their yards because they're doing something you don't like is the should become a the normal thing that happens um but you know it went even further for justice kavanaugh who was kind of a lightning rod when he yeah i don't know that we have to go into the circumstances around that, but when he's getting confirmed, that certainly was a very, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, contentious, contentious. Yes. Contentious. Uh, anyway, so he's kind of a lightning rod and, and it wasn't even his opinion that was leaked. Uh, you know, the opinion was, was being written by another justice, but he, uh, anyway, they found a guy in his neighborhood armed with his address who, who I guess sounds like at least from the, admitted that his he was going to go attempt to kill uh Kavanaugh and so he was there was some kind of tip someone gave and he was picked up and charged with a, attempted murder because uh, he made it very clear this was his in, intent and for me that's you know it it's just you know and then the house and the senate <laughs> I don't know if you saw this Joe so it's kind of that's a crazy situation that's you know a deadly situation for Justice Kavanaugh he's a Supreme Court justice, he he needs to be able to act uh, and and perform his public duties, his official duties, in a way where he doesn't think he's going to get murdered uh, uh, tomorrow, right? You know, so the the Senate and the House have been trying to pass a bill to to get the Supreme Court families some protection. They're not really covered now, and maybe some folks who work for the Supreme Court, like hey, we're going to have to protect them, like we protect the president and you know other federal officials, and so the Senate and the house have been going back and forth trying to pass this bill and they haven't agreed, right? They haven't been able to agree that this protection uh, should be offered. And uh, the arguments, I don't know if you saw some of the arguments, Joe, but some of the arguments were, were a little crazy. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, some Democrats that won't vote for it because they want abortion providers to receive protection in the same bill. So they kind of want to add that on there. And then there's some, uh, there's a New Jersey contingent that wants it. You know, they, there was a terrible story of a federal judge, you know, his family being killed in, in New Jersey. And so they want the protection to go on down the line to other federal justices. But uh, it's, it's just, it's just weird to me to see this 
this play out, but it's it's not good. You know, Josh, one thing we always do on this show is we really strive to to be nonpartisan, to to not take sides, to to be very neutral in our approach to things. But I want to go on the record and I want to say that we we unequivocally think it is a terrible thing to threaten to kill Supreme Court justices in I, response I to their their uh, the the rulings that they issue. I'm I'm confident in putting that on the record for me. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to spend some time one day going back. I don't know. We've done 50, 50 of these shows, fifty five, something like that. I think we're gonna have to go back and have someone record everything that we were comfortable, right? We were yeah, comfortable, I'm comfortable going that, on the record. You know. And, and, and I'll, I'll extend that. I'll extend that to say I think anybody should be able to perform their job without the fear of being murdered by someone for that job and giving, you know, giving additional protection to someone, especially like we have a super vested interest as a as a society uh, for our, our Supreme Court justices to be able to, you know, rule on things and and do what they do from the bench without fear of repercussions. Like if, if, if it gets to the point where someone can be swayed or, or fears enough to really impact the way that they, they uh, issue a ruling, I, I think it's a terrible, terrible thing for us as a society. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's, uh, the, you know, and we're seeing it in different ways and, and every generation I think sees it to some extent. So no matter what, you know, we like, you know, we see it, we see different things happen every generation. I think every generation kind of feels like it's going off the rails a little bit. It's not like it was when I grew up, you know, I think you have a lot of that, but I do think we're seeing, I think we're seeing some signs that, that that's happening. Right. You know, and, and maybe we, you know, the pendulum always swings, right. So things get a little crazy and then people get tired of it and it swings the other way and there's more law and order and, uh, it's just kind of how it works out, but uh, it was a very disturbing story, and and everybody reported on it, and it kind of went away. And and the one thing I hate when something like this gets reported, the real important thing is, well, what are, what are we doing about? You know, like what are we doing about this? You know, because that's what happens with some things. Like some things, we talk about it in the in the national news cycle for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you know nothing happens. You know, and and it's just anyway. It's neither here nor there. We're not going to solve it on today's show, but it, it's it's disconcerting and it's it's just definitely something to keep an eye on when it when it things like this pop up in the news. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hammer. You can find them at Whitaker and Hammer Law Firm. They are the managing partners at the firm. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, and they have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. Uh, we're going to get into a few more topics before we wrap this show up. But if you've got a legal situation you're facing and you have questions, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info brief what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch to help you with that question. And you can always send your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this.
Welcome back to the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. They're the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. And if you've got a legal situation, you can always contact the firm. Call 800 659 1186. That's 800 800- 659-1186 and leave your contact information briefly what the call's about. If you've got a legal question and you can get an answer, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And speaking of listener questions, I believe we have one. Yeah, we do. We do. This is one, um, again, we get we get a lot of the same questions uh, over and over again uh, from different clients at, at different times. But this is a question that we, we get every so often. And so I've kind of compiled those questions into, into one generic fact pattern that we can take a look at. But here is how I have phrased the question. So we've got a client who's got two siblings and their mom has, uh, their elderly mom has passed away, left them a house, uh, left all the, uh, her three children a house, including our client. And our client tells us that her sibling is living there and is is rent free, right? Not paying any rent, uh, not maintaining the home, not paying the tax bill, not cutting the grass. Uh, generally, just not taking care of the house. Has decided that they're going to live in mom's house, and they don't care about anybody else. And uh, our client uh, doesn't like that. Uh, they're our client's a one third owner. They inherited one third. They're not living there. They're not getting any rent, and they're probably forking out some money. Uh, to take care of the property, so they want the they want the sibling who's living there uh, to pay her fair share. So it's a sister in our fact pattern living there. They want her to pay her fair share. Uh, what can they do? Right. So that's the that's the legal question. Uh, Joe, what what pops in your head when you get that question? You know, we, we this is a question we actually get fairly frequently, and and maybe not phrased exactly like this, but it's not uncommon for someone to come into our office. And present this same similar fact pattern where you've got, you know, co-owners who've inherited a property. And a lot of times, you know, people think about this and the first thing that pops into their mind is, well, you know, this person is living there. I, I need to have them evicted. I just need to take, you know, get them thrown out and, and, and have an eviction done. But, you know, that's not the way these things work. You can't just you can't evict a co-owner, someone who is a co-tenant or co-owner of the property. Eviction isn't the proper method to go about it. You know, if you have a rental situation, of course, then you can evict someone. But this isn't someone that's renting from you. This is someone who has a vested ownership interest. And in that scenario, there's there's no way to evict that person. That person does have a right to be on the property. That person has the right to, to occupy the property. Uh, so you have to you have to go about it a different way. But in this particular fact pattern, I think there's a few preliminary questions you have to ask. The first being you know, wasn't a state ever open for your mom? Because the first issue that you're going to have to take care of is, is proving your ownership of the property as well. I think that confuses a lot of folks too, uh, Joe, not to, not to sidebar or go down a rabbit hole. Uh, but you know, in North Carolina, if, if, you know, if something happened to me tomorrow, my heirs at law inherit real property. So a house, uh, right at the time of my death, right? They, they, it's theirs. Uh, that's how it works legally. Like uh, I own it until the day I'm dead and then my heirs get it. Uh, but who are my heirs, right? To the general public, you, you may not know who my heirs are. And so what do you do? You go open up an estate 
done at the courthouse, uh, you know, if it's done properly, the estate, I kind of tell people, I always say it kind of acts as the deed, right? It shows the general public who the heirs of, of, in my case, Josh Whitaker is, right? Who inherited his property? And it's all there. It's in an estate file. A clerk has signed off on it. We know who our owners are. So hopefully that's been done because that's how you prove to, to anyone that's not you that, that you own the property. And so assuming that's been done, and sure enough, we've got three siblings who all inherited one third of the same house. Um, what you would do, what you're left with, you know, like like Joe said, eviction doesn't isn't the the way to go. That's not going to work for you. It's not trespass, right? Because they have a right. They are one third owner, right? It's not a trespass. Any of the owners could be there at any time. Um, and so you end up there's a legal proceeding uh, called petition to partition, um, and it's just a fancy word for for saying hey. We're going we're gonna to sell this house. You know, I'm only a one-third owner. Maybe the other two people don't want to sell it. Maybe one person doesn't want to sell it because they're living there rent-free. But I'm a one-third owner. I want my equity out of this property. I want to sell it. And, of course, it's much more complicated than what we're making out to be. But it is a, it's a legal action that you can take to, to handle just this situation. And so that's what you end up doing. Uh, and a lot of times when we're doing estate planning for folks, we talk about this. Like, okay, you want to... You want to leave everything to your three kids, share and share alike, but these three kids are going to have to work together if the asset is one house, right? So there's things you can do to try to, you know, that's the whole point. If you're estate planning, you don't want to leave your kids or your heirs or your surviving spouse. You don't want to leave them a bunch of problems. You want to have worked through all these things and there's all kinds of ways to do it. But here, obviously it wasn't done. You got a problem. So now one or two of the kids are going to have to go hire an attorney it's not the cheapest action, right? Petition to partition. You're going to be going to court. You got to, you got to put some stuff together. Um, but that's, that's where you end up. If the, if the siblings can't agree that, Hey, we should sell this or you can live here, but you have to pay this much in rent. Then you got to go to a judge and handle it that way. It, it, exactly. And I think one of the things that we tell people in that scenario is it's going to be costly. You know, it's litigation. You're, you're litigating and it's a, it's a process and it's going to be timely and time consuming. You know, this isn't a thing that's going to occur quickly. So, you know, we always try to, one of the things I think we do in every situation, you know, for the very most part is try to encourage some, some form of, of alternative uh, dispute resolution where you come to a compromise and you come to an agreement outside of this process because Generally speaking, it's going to be better. Everyone's going to everyone's going to be in a better spot if you can all come to some kind of mutually beneficial arrangement ahead of time. Because when you when you do this partition procedure, you know it's to a large degree it's out of your hands. You're putting it in the court's hands, and and you're not going to maintain a lot of the elements of control that you would have otherwise. But you know, a lot of people aren't reasonable, and unfortunately, that's where the basis for most litigation comes into play is you have folks that you just can't reason with that aren't interested in working with you or compromising in any way. And in that case, you just have to go the hard route. And this would be the hard route. Uh, but it's, but it's something that's doable. And, you know, you mentioned the fact of, you know, this person wanted them to pay their fair share, pay their taxes, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things can be factors in that partition proceeding, but it is going to be a matter that's going to come before a court and a judge and it's going to have to be handled uh, the hard way, basically. 
Well, guys, I know that we're up against it, but uh, it really pays to be proactive. Talk to your parents, especially if there's going to be real estate involved. Make sure you have that legacy uh, plan in place, will, trust, however you want to go. But if you've got questions in this this arena that we've been talking about, you can always contact Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And get those questions answered for you. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will return your call. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we're back right after this. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, also practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. Gentlemen, we're up against it, but you've got some closing thoughts. You know, Joe, it, it occurred to me uh, just as, as Morgan was bringing us back, we didn't, uh, we haven't talked about uh, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard since the uh, since the decision came down. I guess that's old news now, but we never talked about it. Yeah, it is, man. You know, that was something that really burned very hot there for a while. And you had a lot of folks really absorbed in it, a lot of people keeping up with every single move. And then, you know, you, you get the you get the verdict, it comes out and it kind of just dies out a little bit, you know, and pretty much just dies out from that point. So that's I think it is old news now. We missed the boat. <laughs> well, if uh yeah, because they both will say they both won, but one depth got a bigger judgment than the other one, but I think yeah, everybody gave the bigger. win. I, I think if you look at it, I think you look at it, and you have to say that that, that Depp came out on top in pretty much every appreciable way. If you look at that case, um, I'm actually a little glad we don't have to hear about it anymore. So I, I I'm the one who's sitting here talking about it, bringing it up. But I'm kind of glad that one. Uh, yeah. Why did you bring it up? You didn't want to talk about it. Why did you bring it up? I, I don't know. I just thought about it, and uh, <laughs> you had it written on your script. That's why I did. I had it written on the script as yeah. something that we never got to, and um, there it was. But, but yeah, we again, uh, Joe, Joe, and I, attorneys, we're in North Carolina. We're licensed to practice in North Carolina. So when we talk about stuff, we're talking about it. North Carolina law and North Carolina specific. Uh, but we do we do have uh, six offices. Uh, about to be seven or eight here before too long. But we're we're usually close by. Uh, we're happy to consult with you. Uh, our attorneys, we're always happy to sit down with you. Uh, as we get further and further away from the official pandemic, people are more uh, inclined to, to sit down in the same room and, and, and talk about uh, your issues. Uh, but we're also available by phone. We'll schedule Zoom consults sometimes. And uh, uh, we have a couple of attorneys who do a lot of those. But we're, we're happy to sit with you. We're happy to talk with you. We definitely would, would appreciate uh being able to help you with your with your legal problems that's what we we do every day so me and joe sit around every day and have folks tell us what's going on and and we do our best to help them through because there's there's usually a way out there's usually a way it can work out you need a strategy uh you know experience matters uh having seen things before uh having been around for a little bit uh uh, old enough to have seen Top Gun as a kid when it came out, so we got we got that going for us. But we're always ha we're always happy to be helpful uh, to you. That's kind of our goal here. 
The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, if you are facing a legal situation and you've got questions, here's the number, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info. Briefly, what that call is about, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those on future editions. It's been a great show, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week right here on the radio. hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, contact us directly.